So you've heard throughout the week, Raphael and Leafs mock drafts. I'm going to bring in my own and I'm going to do a lottery. And then what I would do if I had, if I was the GM of every single team coming up on locked on NBA big board. You are locked on NBA big board, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Big, big shout out to everybody who has made Locked On NBA Big Board the first listen of your day every single day for the last year or more or two years or three years, however long you've been doing this. Thank you so much from the Chad Ford days. We really appreciate it, uh, myself included. My name is Richard Stamen. You might know me better as at Mavsdraft on Twitter or NBA Draft Film on Instagram, which I'm still building up, so you probably know me more better uh, as <laughs> at Mavsdraft on Twitter. But what I'm going to do today, and, and also just kind of keeping this shout out uh, going, you know, we've had a we've had a lot of listeners. Our, our base has grown just over the last ten months, even like from the dog days of the summer, where nothing new was coming up outside of like reclassifications on the draft. We've seen a lot of growth, and we really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's I, I think that just is a testament to how great you guys are you guys make us better we really do appreciate it so i want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart i mean this is all stuff i mean all of us love doing so we we love seeing the feedback and and everything it really means a lot you've helped us grow on youtube wherever you listen on podcasts because we're free every single day really means a lot but today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba and they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every single order so what i'm going to do in this episode is uh, I'm going to do a lottery of what I think will happen, and then I'm going to do a top 20 of what I would do. I'm going to zoom past that one. That's going to be quick. I know it sounds a lot. I'm going to do this all in under 30 minutes. So let's get underway. The number one pick is Victor Wembanyama. I don't think there's much time we need to spend on that. That's been known for months. Number two pick, the Charlotte Hornets. They're in a tough situation. I think they take Scoot Henderson. I think Lamella Ball can play off ball better. I think... Like better than he's given credit for. Same with Scoot Henderson, given he was really the only point guard in the G League. So, of course, his off-ball numbers would look worse. Measured at 6'4", really explosive, dynamic, ready to play. He's a floor raiser and a ceiling raiser. Think at three, the Hornet, uh, excuse me, the Blazers, they keep the pick. They take Brandon Miller, helps him on defense, helps him as a shooter, just helps as a dynamic wing at 6'9". So, I think there's a lot of value there. Houston, they need to take a point guard and... Luckily, the fourth best player in this draft is a point guard. Amen Thompson, look, he's 20 years old. Uh, for reference, Mike Miles from TCU, a junior, is 20 years old. They're four and a half months apart, um, five months, something like that. I get it. But at the same time, Amen Thompson's passing is just so advanced. I have a really hard time seeing I, – I just think he makes everyone better. Houston's in a weird spot where they need to develop talent and make them better for everyone else because they have done a good job of individually developing talent, but not making it work to make their players and team better. So that's a big step. Amon Thompson can definitely help with at number five, the Houston, uh, excuse me, the Detroit Pistons. I think this is a prime candidate to be traded, but I think, I think the pick's going to be Taylor Hendricks. I think you look at, you get shooting in the front court, which they don't have right now among Wiseman, Duran and Bagley. Bagley's their best shooter right now from three. That's not good. I think you get that with Taylor Hendricks. He can play both the four and five. He makes it a lot easier. He plays to the weaknesses of everybody else in the front court and minimizes those weaknesses. At six, I have the Orlando Magic taking Anthony Black just because I do think that they 
they're in a spot where the where Markel Fultz is going to be coming up on contract. They have a lot of guards, so it makes it easier if they do choose to consolidate. That could work. Start running more off guard lineups. I mean, this year they ran lineups where Franz Wagner ran the point guard at six eight six nine. So things like that, it could happen. Um, also accelerates Jalen Suggs or Cole Anthony being moved to point guard. Although I think Cole Anthony also being a free agent next summer could change some of that landscape. But it allows the point guard spot to free up a little bit more. It's one kind of awkward workaround to make it better. At number seven, I have the Indiana Pacers taking Jarris Walker out of Houston. I think he's a dynamic ceiling raiser with Rick Carlisle, who's a great coach who maximizes players and minimizes their weaknesses. And that's what uh, excuse me, Jarris Walker would be getting, right? Where you get somebody who is a connective piece on both ends, very versatile on the defensive end. He can pass. He played his NBA role at Houston. He played stuck in the corner for a little bit. And I think that's something where it's uh, you look at just Indiana is in a weird spot. They don't need guards. They just kind of need roles at this point. I think they need players who can defend versus slashers. For example, I wrote on them. Uh, There's a game against the Bulls where Zach Levine went off on them. And it was because they had no way to stop any drives that he did. And same with DeMar DeRozan uh, when they played him. Like, I mean, just that kind of stuff. They don't have, and they also need depth in the front court. And so two of those, both of those needs get addressed. So I think that's big uh, for the Indiana Pacers taking Jairus Walker. I just got the notification that uh, I had some audio issues there. So I'm just going to repeat a little bit in case that wasn't clear. Just give a brief rundown. Jairus Walker to the Indiana Pacers because he fills the needs of defense and depth in positional. So you get the defense against the role of the slasher. He's going to help play his NBA role that he played at Houston. I think there's a lot to like there. At number eight, the Washington Wizards are in a big they, – they're blowing it up. Uh, briefly re- before recording, uh, admittedly I'm recording this on Wednesday before I fly out to New York for the draft, but at the moment the Wizards still have Porzingis, but there are strong talks per Shams Tarania um, that they might be trading him out to Boston and somehow Marcus Smart to the Wizards, some crazy stuff. But if that's the case, they need to add more talent, I think, to just their team and have chance at stars, and that's Cam Whitmore. You're probably wondering why I haven't picked Asar Thompson. I know he canceled his workout for the Pacers. I'm going to go against the grain here and actually say it's a smokescreen. Players cancel all the time. It doesn't mean they always got guarantees. One prime example of that, Nick Claxton, 2019. Worked out, I want to say it was the Hornets, um, but I can't remember. Some team that had a pick in the teens or early 20s, whatever it was, and he went second round. He canceled all his workouts after this one. Teams pro- over-promise players. Like, they promise a lot of guys. They might have done that if that was the case, but I just I think Asar has too many issues getting to the rim in the half court to really be a point guard, and his jump shot's still not as great as it could be, so I think that's a big concern. We'll get to nine, because, um, and then we'll, we'll break briefly. So at nine, I think the Utah Jazz, it's a tough, tough pick. I think they take Bilal Koulibaly. Or actually, no, no, no. Asar Thompson's on the board. I'm, I led with that for a reason. I lost my train of thought. They take Asar Thompson. His slide stops at nine. I think you get that first line of defense with Asar Thompson and second line of defense with Walker Kessler. You're approaching an elite defensive identity. I, I've talked to coaches and personnel who say Asar Thompson's the best defensive wing they've ever coached um, at that level, at least. So I think that's really important, or they've seen be like in that level. There's a very high defensive floor. The minimum Asar sticks because he has that defensive specialist role. So when we come back, we'll finish out that lottery, and then we'll also be talking about my what I would do outcomes. But first, let me tell you about bird dogs. 
let me get the graphic pulled up here as well for you so you can check out the promo code we have going so bird dogs they make you look good how they do it well bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but fit way better they also fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. And Bird Dogs fix this issue. You're probably wondering how. They fix this by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks like khaki, but stretches so you get way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses the anti-stink sweat, sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, which also helps me because I, I sweat like crazy. My body just loves to sweat for whatever reason, even though I hate it myself. Um, so that's really big. But... Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. <clears throat> so thank you for listening to locked on. We're watching locked on NBA big board, wherever you get your podcast free and daily every single day of the week. My name is Richard Stamen, AKA Mavs draft on Twitter, finishing out the back end of this lottery. So at 10, I don't think the Dallas Mavericks make this pick. I want to make that known. I think if they do, it's Derek Lively. If it's t- if it gets traded, I think Bilal Kulabali. I think you know you have to jump at least Oklahoma City. Orlando might take Grady Dick or J- uh, excuse me, Jordan Hawkins, but Bilal Kulabali also could be in play there just because he really does fit that long, defensive-minded wing with shooting upside. So I think that's somebody that they could target, but I think ultimately Bilal's 10. I think Utah is possible, but if with a SAR sliding, I think they'd rather have a SAR. Although uh, that result may not be the same when it's uh, my turn to do my mock, so um, what I would do. But ultimately, I think Bilal Kulabali goes 10 at 11. This is a really tough spot. Grady Dick and Jordan Hawkins are on the board. It's tough. I, I think let's let's do a little bit of comparing and contrasting here. So with Jordan Hawkins, I think you get better on-ball defense. He does need to add strength, and there is a lot of work to do in that regard, but there's potential there that has shown flashes. Like, there's a reasonable, you know, it's not just saying, oh, potential because he's bad at it. Like, he actually has shown flashes of being good. Passing, same thing. He can pass a little bit on the move, but he was such a deep on-ball, like, he was not near the top of the on-ball priority list at Connecticut, where I really do think that something like that would make it, Teams may say, hey, you're coming off the screen. We trust you to shoot, pass, dribble, whatever it is, that triple threat technically out of the catch. What you do there, we trust you to make that decision, and that's big. So on top of that, he's an elite shooter, 88% from the line, like just 39% from three, lights out shooter, moves, movement threes better than Grady Dick. But where Grady Dick really might win teams over, he's 6'8", so he is bigger. Um, There's about 6'7". The combine didn't help him in that regard. He is a lights out shooter who, I mean, even though he didn't, he shot in the high thirties from three, he didn't even shoot from the corners very well. He was iffy in that regard. And I think that is something that teams have to be hopeful of is saying, Hey, he can shoot from the corners with ease. And we know that his feel for the game is incredible. Off-ball defense, rotations, he does not miss those things. He get, he crashes to the boards on his own miss. He has a great nose for the ball. He's just that very, like, you when you play pickup, right, you hate the guys that they don't do anything wrong and they're always doing all the fundamental things. And it's kind of corny to say, I get it. But it really is true with him. When I saw him at TCU, I know it was a full house of scouts. It was during the All-Star break. There were over 30 NBA scouts in attendance, easily the largest I've ever seen at TCU. I think I'd seen, like, 18 was prior to the, the one before the college game. And 
this blew it out of the water. So many teams got to see him in the first 10 minutes. If you search Mavs draft, Grady Dick, you'll find it. Uh, or in my scouting report I posted, you'll find that video of him just making all these plays that they're, they're little things, but they win you over. So I think that's something that matters a lot for teams. And I, I do think he would be in the picture, but I'm going to go Jordan Hawkins just because out of personal preference. Um, I, I still think Grady Dick is actually the next pick at Oklahoma city. So I, just cause I talked about him so much, I won't spend a ton of time, but Next to SGA, you kind of just need as many shooters as you can get. You'll be able to rotate. Oklahoma City's defensive identity is very underrated. And I think him being a solid off-ball defender, good rotations, understands the game, very quick to learn, I think that's going to be beneficial for Oklahoma City. So at 13, the Toronto Raptors are where a lot can get shifty. And I'm going to go all the way up to 15. I'm going to do the bonus plus one because there's going to be one player that slides out of the lottery that I don't think should be sliding out of the lottery. I think 13, the Raptors take Jalen Hutchifino. Um, or excuse me, Kobe Bufkin. Sorry, uh, Jalen Hutchifino will be there, I promise. Uh, but Kobe Bufkin is the pick. High defense, high motor, like in terms of upsides, uh, high defensive upside, really active hands. He still needs to grow his frame. And as he gets stronger, and I think that will happen, a lot's going to come his way. He's somebody who, when you do the scouting report, it's just really hard to find negatives that really do hurt his game and like true cons to his game. The, the only one I could f- ever find outside of like adding strength, which isn't like a true con to me, that's something most prospects have to do because your body's not normally f- physically developed by 20 years old. I mean, he's still 19 and it was a sophomore. It's really just that he's got to refine his point guard skills. He didn't get that. This is really his first year running point guard, truly uh, doing some research on Michigan. That's what I had found. And I think that's big. I think teams will like him and he's a young, young sophomore, really productive, plays defense, can makes his teammates better on both ends. I think that stuff matters. The last pick of the lottery is the New Orleans Pelicans. And somebody's going to have to be left off because of this, because I'm not picking either Case Wallace or Jalen Hutchifino. So one of them is going to slide. And I'm going to take Derek Lively at 14. I do think the hype for him is real. Uh, I think he could end up at the Lakers. I think it's almost more realistic. But I'm just going to follow the tea leaves and say he's going lottery if the Mavs don't take him at 10. And and from what it's for what it's worth, I've heard the Mavs are very, very likely to be moving out of 10. It could have happened by the time you've heard this already because I'll be on a plane when this is posted. But I think Derek Lively on the Pelicans, he he adds that interior presence. Jackson Hayes a free, is a free agent. Jonas Valanciunas doesn't really protect the rim very much. They don't have that interior force on defense. So Derek Lively would be really fun there. And then the last pick of the lottery uh, was that, but the first pick outside of the lottery, I'm going to take – this is tough. I'm going to take Kaysen Wallace over Jalen Hutchifino, leaving Jalen Hutchifino for – the Utah Jazz, uh, but I'm going to take Casey Wallace in Utah. I just really like the upside defensively plus the floor defensively. Shooting is really promising. I think once he fixes his guide hand, separating it a little bit more cleanly right now, just like if you're watching on YouTube, he does this where the thumb gets in the way on the guide hand, but if he does this, the thumb is out of the way, right? So it's a very straight left hand, and I think that's a very helpful way for him to get it better as a shooter. Underrated thing about him since every Kentucky guard has an underrated element is that he didn't have a pick-and-pop threat. And I think when you put him in Atlanta, you got him with John Collins. Yeah, Clint Capella and Kongu aren't shooters, fine. But you still will be running pick-and-rolls with John Collins, and that'll be your shooter. The other part of it is simply that also the defensive combinations with him and DeJounte Murray. That would be really fun. So that's the top 15, ending with Case and Wallace, starting with Victor Wembenyama. I'm going to do a speed run of what I would do in the top 20 uh, but first, let me tell you about eBay Motors. 
For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, that's a max contract, by the way, number of parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game after in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So thank you so much for listening and making Locked On NBA Big Board your first listen of the day. Just again, one last plug. My name is Richard Stamen at MathDraft on Twitter, at NBA Draft Film on Instagram. Let's run through. We're going to start 1 through 20. I'm going to make a speed run. I've already talked about most of these guys, so I don't need to elaborate. But what I would do if it, I was the GM for every single team, you're going to learn very quickly who I do like and I don't like. Top five is the exact same. Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, Amen Thompson, Taylor Hendricks. At six, man, it's tough. I, I might want Jairus Walker, but I think he's too much of a misfit for Orlando, which makes it tough. I wouldn't mind trading this down a couple spots, but if they do keep it, I'm going to stick with Anthony Black. At seven for the Pacers, I'm also going to kind of stay the same. Jairus Walker, I think he's that ceiling raiser. At eight, I, I'm lower on Cam Whitmore. If I'm trying to find a surefire star upside, and it doesn't have to be like true star upside, but like somebody who is going to be a very good player that teams want down the road, right? Not necessarily saying, hey, let's trade him, but like more, you got to find somebody who is going to be a very positive value. He can be positive quickly and is going to have high upside return long run. And yeah, the Wizards don't need to be winning just yet. But it wouldn't hurt if you had good players. And that's why I'm, I'm so high on Kobe Bufkin. I really like his game. I would take him all the way up at eight. I know it's not like popular within the consensus. I think he's better than Kaysom Wallace. I think he's somebody who he just adds so much. The defensive drop-off isn't enough for me. And that's where I, I differ. Um, but I would take him. That's my first reach of all of this. At nine, I, th I think, look, it's tough for me because Cam Whitmore probably is the pick. The problem is, again, Kim Whitmore just has risks for me. And that those risks really are the processing speed. There's a lag between what he sees and what he does. The shooting numbers are kind of worrisome. The lack of playmaking and the assist-to-turnover ratio are very, very poor. And if you look at the guys who have that assist-to-turnover ratio, plus, honestly, the free throw percentage and three-point percentage, most of them don't stick. And that is worrisome. So there is a lot of bust risk with Cam Whitmore. The benefit of the doubt, and I want to say why I don't actually think he will be a bust, is a big part of that is because he's 18 years old. Like, I mean, he's about to turn 19, but he played the whole season at 18. He had injuries. He looked good at the USA U18s, even if the competition wasn't great. But so that being said, it, it's tough. Uh, this is a really tough pick. I'm going to go with, uh, and Cam Whitmore probably, he could be close. I'm going to take Bilal Koulibaly out of left field. Just that combination of defense that, I mean, if you're looking for a Giannis upside to like swing for the fence, I don't think he is the Giannis, but someone that could be that star upside overseas, like very high upside. He's 18, helped the French team uh, go to the championship and almost win the title in a pro league. I think Bilal Koulibaly is your guy. At 10, I really like Kim Whitmore for the Mavs. Um, I think, again, they're trading that pick, but he's there kind of like for the reasons I said. 
he's got to learn to play defense too. That's one thing I left out and that the Mavs need defense. So it's not even a great fit, but the talent's too good to pass up at 11 for the magic. I would take Jordan Hawkins. Um, I really like his game just kind of for the reasons I highlighted earlier, shooting defensive upside, passing upside decision-making is fine. Like I I'm a big fan of his at 12. I'm going to stop the slide for Asar Thompson. I, I think he would be great in Oklahoma city fits that defensive identity at 13 for the Toronto Raptors. Give me a star Thompson now. Um, I'm sorry, Grady Dick. And you get him, uh, you get him just a prime shooting spot where again, like the, the lack of mistakes that he makes just in general, it would be highlighted in Toronto a lot better. Um, yeah, they could take a point guard. I think, I think Grady Dick's become overthought a little bit, probably even by myself, just given the fact I'm 13th and he's higher than 13th on my board on my board. I actually, um, I actually have him 10th. So this is not the best value or this is great value. Not the best job of me projecting my board. Right. But at 14, I would not be taking Derek lively. This is where I would take case and Wallace for, uh, for the Pelicans. Yeah. They don't necessarily need a point guard in this way, but they still kind of do. They need the role of backcourt defensive lockdown guy. And case and Wallace has a good chance to do that at 15. Let me just make sure my board is correct here. And I've taken everybody because uh, between you and me, everybody who's listening, uh, I, this is my second recording of this because in the first one, I forgot I did an entire first round mock and I will not do that again because I'm too clumsy. And I forgot to pick Jalen Hutchifino. I, I go to the end of the draft and I go, well, dang, I have to re-record the whole thing because I didn't pick Jalen Hutchifino and I thought I picked him. So now that Jalen Hutchifino um, is here in Atlanta, I, I think that's who I'm going to go with. I think he's somebody who, yeah, the, there's concerns about the athleticism, doesn't really get to the rim at a very high level and finish there like athletically. Um, but he's still good. The pick and roll ability is great. The floater with both hands. Uh, I think his defense is going to be fine. Shooting, I'm not worried about. The free throw percentage doesn't scare me. Um, like it, it is positive, I should say. Like it, it, this is not something that it's a red flag at all. He shot 78% from the line, 33% from three. It's not that bad. Like, and the form looks fine. I'm not worried about it. Um, at 16, and I'm just making sure I got everybody. So uh, again, I'm, I'm so worried about burning myself here, but at 16 for the Utah Jazz, I'm going to go with Leonard Miller. Uh, shout out to Leaf Tween, who I know loves Leonard Miller. I think he's somebody who I, I don't see why he's falling. Um, that's the one thing I could say is maybe when you watch him, when, I mean, me and the people I was watching him at the combine with, he doesn't look like he goes super hard. Maybe that turns some teams off, but 6'10 can, has upside to create very raw, high upside ceiling. He's somebody who he got a lot better from 18 to 19 years old, played the whole year in the G League, one of the most productive freshmen to ever play in the G League. Uh, excuse me, teenagers, not freshmen. I think the upside would be too good. And the the defense, again, like you just put him there with uh, Bilal Kulabali. And I mean, how do you stop that defense of him? Like Bilal Miller and Walker Kessler behind him. That's that's pretty insane. So I, I have um, <clears throat> I have Leonard Miller to Utah. I'm going to keep the clutch connections in, in L.A. I'm going to give him Derek Lively at 18 to the Heat. Man, there, there's about three, four different directions you can go because I, I ultimately see this being a traded later pick. And if that's the case, it's not going to be this guy. But if I was the GM of the Miami Heat right now, I would take Chris Murray. I think he fits so seamlessly as a three and D guy. Uh, you look at what Caleb Martin did. Uh, excuse me, Co uh, Cody Martin. Now, now I got to fact check myself on this, but um, it was uh, excuse me, it was, it was Caleb Martin. I had it right at first and. Uh, the twins always throw me off. I'm scared the same thing's going to happen with 
Bassar and Amen, but I think studying them even more than I did Caleb and Cody will help a lot. But yes, Caleb Martin, you watch what he did uh, as that like three and D kind of guy, but he grew a lot more than just that. I think he's somebody who Chris Murray could really fit in really well, both now and the long term. At 19, the Golden State Warriors, they're a tough pick to project. Um, just going off of my board, I mean, I have, I have different stuff than everybody else. Uh, so I'm not trying to like give in here to what everybody else says. I want to make that clear. And, you know, I just lower a little bit on some guys than others. But <clears throat> I really do like um, for the Warriors City Sissoko. I have him 19th, kind of fits. I think he's somebody who he played the entire year at 18 years old showed a lot of different flashes the shot does need work because the consistency if you're watching on youtube i'll kind of demonstrate it so normal shot does this right all five fingers facing the same way even though my thumb kind of actually didn't but his will do this thumb out like and he almost makes like a hook em sign like the longhorns and that stuff kind of alarms me is how fixable is that but super athletic i mean i think he plays hard he's gonna stick everywhere else it's just how good will that shooting be and i think golden state's a great chance to prevail i i thought of him a little bit as like a baby draymond in a way where he connects the offense so well but they're not the same player i think he could be someone who you could help transition out of draymond green if he leaves and then lastly let's do you know what i'm gonna, I'm gonna give you all bonus content let's do the last i'll do the up to the nets pick at 20 I'm going to go with the Rockets. They need a pure swing for the fence. Dariq Whitehead. I love his game. I think if he was healthy, he's a top 12 pick, 12, 13 pick. Misfit at Duke. Shot creation, defense, shooting. Shooting at a very high level at 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, I just feel like if the health checks out and say, all right, he's healthy by the end of the year, the foot stuff is all behind him, you get insane value at 20. And Houston really needs that swing for the fence that hits. Uh, they tried it with Josh Christopher. hasn't really hit. I think Dariq Whitehead has a much higher chance of hitting. At 21 and 22, this is the Brooklyn Nets picks. I think with Nick Claxton coming up on free agency soon, I could see them taking Noah Clowney at one, uh, 21. And then let's see, who, who should we give them to end it? I'm going to give the last player in my top 20, and that is Bryce Sensible. This is where it gets tough, though, because I, I'll, I'll explain on Sensible and then just kind of leave the names I left on the board because this is tough. There are too many guys for 30 teams. Like There are more than 30 players that are – strong suitors for these 30 teams so Bryce Sensball is my pick I love the tools he has I think he's somebody who he can create his own shot he can shoot very well he can pass he just doesn't he can defend on ball he just kind of doesn't and his defense off ball is a disaster so he has to learn the game coaches have to be patient with him but he's a high upside player that doesn't need to play year one doesn't need to return a ton of value year one to be good Long-term is really where the name of the game is on there. So just some of the names that I have left, Keontae George, Nick Smith, Ryan Repair, um, Max Lewis, Jet Howard. I mean, even James Najee, Colby Jones, Julian Phillips could be close in this 25 mix, Brandon Podzemski. Those are all guys I have left. It just really exemplifies second round is going to be a lot of steals, which is why I love what Denver did. They have three picks in the top and from 29 through 40. If 29, 32, 37, like the title can, the title winners are going to get better. So that's nuts. But thank you so much for listening to Locked On NBA Big Board. My name again, Richard Stamen, just right here. You can find my information at Mavsdraft on Twitter, at NBA Draft Film on Instagram, Mavsdraft.com. You'll see all my scouting reports, video analysis, big boards, mock drafts, things like that. Really appreciate everybody listening from all of us at Locked On NBA Big Board because of it is draft day. We cannot thank you enough for your continued support throughout the entire 2023 NBA draft process. And we are out.